konnichiwa for all our Japanese listeners. Hello and welcome to another edition of Talking Out Loud. Starting to wrap them up now. It's a good sign. Nothing majorly new to report on the Banquet Bear front. Just catching up with pods already recorded um, and hopefully just trying to get them out the door as soon as possible. So that's the plan. That's the plan going forward. But without further ado, I will I'll hand over to myself for the pre-recorded intro to this pod. Now this one is again with my good friend Matt Christmas, Sam Trippier, and a newbie to the pod, Mr. Craig Black. We dig a little deeper into Craig's credentials in the pod, but to give a brief summary, favourite ever film, Seven Samurais, no dispute, currently studying a PGC in early years, and he has his very own podcast, Bristol Men in Early Years podcast, so do check that one out. And oddly enough, a fellow attendee Vipassana attendee. I don't know where we keep finding these, like moths seem to be drawn towards this pod. So yeah, quite quite a few now on on the pod. Now this pod is recorded in Manorbia in Pembrokeshire, Wales, during the Westival weekend of 2018. This was in the summer in Pembrokeshire, an excellent, excellent festival. However, this one is just recorded during the day on the Saturday of that festival. We'd walk down into Manorbia, um, a beautiful little coastal village in Pembrokeshire, nip to a cafe for a bit of brekkie and a piece of cake before heading to the pub for a pint. And this was a discussion about a little concept that was initially called the wine curve. Essentially, this pod is just to run you through the premise of that concept, which is an idea we had for mapping human emotion over time. Pretty complex task, but we thought we were up to it. Now, essentially, it was to associate good and bad, or positive and negative, moods against life events. Just be able to track that over time and give yourself a little bit of perspective as you go through the course of your life. So it's a nice concept. We dig a little deeper, thanks to Craig's knowledge, into looking at incorporating Zimbardo's chronological theory into this. Stay with us for that one. But we essentially just chat through the concepts of what governs human emotion, what really do we mean by negative and positive. A lot of conjecture here, I won't tell you that much. And we talk through the concept that's incorporated into said curve called the butter bump so again stay tuned for that there will of course be a high level description of said curve on the video so do look at youtube for that and also on the website of course but essentially once we get through the premise of what it is and we talk through concepts of play we then go on to what's the actual use what's the actual use case for this so we talk through that and then follow that up with a relatively lengthy discussion about the name for said tool. Of course, we briefly head off topic at times, whether it's discussing our favourite music, the ski Jew, or the cafes and scampi of Pembrokeshire, Wales. So again, yeah, there's a little bit of shifting now and again. We are fine-tuning as we go, of course, calibrating. As we, uh, as we riff off each other but 
a really interesting pod and a concept that I'm still very much keen to uh, keen to progress. It's a much trickier task than I initially anticipated, I must say. So over the, the past months, um, it's become harder to nail down an action plan for putting this into into practice. But I'm still, you know, I'm still very keen on the idea of getting this into implementation at some stage. So yeah, do take me seriously and get in touch if you would like to uh, to speak more on this topic as ever. You know where to reach me. Just get in touch any which way how, and we'll uh, we'll discuss those concepts in in quite some detail. I promise you that. So without further ado, I give you an introduction to the wine curve slash mind map. Play it. Hello. Um, I did. Yeah. Um, it is episode. I want to say twenty-three, twenty-four now. Yeah, maybe we'll find out. Total number of podcasts. Yeah, I think this will probably be twenty-four. I'm on. I've, I've now released fifteen. Okay. So we're a little bit behind. This will probably won't air for another four or five months. But uh, just keep it. Anyway. On topic. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm joined here uh, by Matthew Christmas and Sam Trippier, who obviously we've met before. Um, we met last evening as well, uh, with the apology. So thank you once again for that. Yeah, uh, time. I, was, I hope it came across as heartfelt as it did. sincere as I wanted it to. That was a long, long apology. Yeah. It actually wasn't, it was only a couple of minutes. Yeah. It, it, it felt, felt like it. Long it I feel like you don't normally apologise for that long. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's like a hug, three, any longer than three seconds and it just feels a bit weird. Mm. Yeah. I think you apologise like three times the same way or something, yeah. but they meant you meant it. I guess. Yeah, but it's yeah. always really drill it into the ear holes of the mm. listeners. Mm. Mm. Sorry, sorry. Uh, You're doing it's it again. No, we'll leave it there, that's no, enough apologising, that's an extra minute there. So. <laughs> he does apologise. Um, so we're joined and by a new guest as well. Uh, yep. We haven't had quite on yet, the Craig. Craig Black, is it Craig? <laughs> yeah. I'm Craig. really fresh. The Kraken. Uh, just a quick um, sort of overview of yourself. Uh, maybe name, age, and favourite film. <laughs> and <Okay>. sexual preference. <laughs> uh, so my name's Dog. Craig, Craig Black. Um, my age is 32. My relation to this podcast is I'm Matt's mate. Good. And Good I'm hopefully expanding that friendship circle now. Very nice. Square, friendship square. <laughs> and yeah. uh, favourite film, I'm going to stick... I don't... I really kind of... Don't like fa- the concept of sure. favourites, yeah, but yeah, yeah. if I've got to say one, it's probably Seven Samurai. I don't like the concept of favourites. Yeah, it's just it's unnecessary. It's just it's like Boxing it's almost like again. an Asperger's thing to do. Like, oh, what's my fa- top three? It's like, well, sometimes I, I really like Shining, but it's very different from Seven Samurai, and yes. I love both of them for different reasons. It doesn't. They're not. One of them's not better than the other in my mind. But, Understood. But, but it, it keeps the question me. concise at least. It does. I mean, it allows, yeah, it allows people just to get feel for it. If you like nitpicking it. and being like. <laughs> Uh, ideological like I do, yeah. very well, principled. Okay. Yeah. Seven but, yeah. Samurai. I gave you uh, an answer. I gave you an answer, <laughs> but yeah. Begrudgingly, we're gonna, we're gonna Seven have to Samurai. Take one. Okay, yeah. grand, grand. Uh, well, we, we just all we study can... film, so I, I do have a lot to choose. Oh, so, yeah. fascinating. Oh, that's a different yeah. podcast entirely. Yeah. Uh, I'm shit at studying it, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here today um, to get these guys up to speed with the wine curve. Mm. Um, so that will be probably podcast number 21. This could probably be incorporated into the start of the board meeting that we had. Um, so for this, what we'd like to do is just basically introduce people, so both of you and, and the people listening, to the concept of the wine curve, which we think we're going to change the name. Yeah. yeah. say that straight after that. Yeah. We'll discuss yeah. that later on. But Matthew, if you'd like to take it away uh, with the, 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 the premise. I would love to. Um, 
Now, I, what I fear is that I don't fully understand this enough to articulate As do it, I. so... Uh, and maybe I, our understanding of it is different, in which case this should hopefully... It's a conversation. ...iron out those creases. Yes. Um, so my interpretation of it is this. The wine curve is currently just an idea, isn't it? It's yes, not really... So. Embryonic stage. ...develops into anything yet. Let's mm -hmm. not pretend it has. It's an idea of, about mapping human emotion. Correct. In a scientific way. The axis. In a 2D plane mm -hmm. against a y-axis and an, an x-axis. Yeah. Now, the x-axis is time, isn't it? Yes, currently. And what scale that's measured in is... Is, is, is by the by, yeah. It, yeah it's eternal. Time yeah. is... Yeah. Yeah. What's a bit more debatable is, is how... The y-axis. How do how what we, do we measure on the y? Yeah. What's the unit of the y-axis? Now, Correct. originally we sort of went for happy and sad, but that just when we when we when we researched this in the cat and wheel, spoke to people. There was one very insightful man who just suggested that that was yeah. just too basic. Agreed. Yeah. And his suggestion was. Well, he he reckoned that the driving fear or forces that, that govern our emotions are more to do with fear. Yes. Which you could say is quite yeah. a cynical. Yes. Way of looking. You seem like a cynical if, man. If, if 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 the positive is a lack of fear. Very true. So Which I think he was getting at. Yeah. He, he said that if you if, you know if you pare down the driving force behind any of our actions, he originally went fear and love, but then quickly dismissed the love idea. He That's did, yeah. <laughs> Waffy. You know. right, it's England, mate. Yeah. Just fear and less fear. Agreed. Oh, that was yours, I think. Wasn't oh, okay. It? Yeah, well, I think you you, you sort yeah. of the cynic in you came out. So anyway, so we're, again, we're divulging. Essentially, the idea is you have fluctuations in your life of uh, how you feel, and the idea of, of mapping these uh, that's quite re like repetitive, but I'm not <laughs> suggesting that's the case in any way. Uh -huh. The idea of tracking these and associating like them with events in your life. Like a heart rate. For, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> from yeah. my perspective, the usefulness out of this is 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 being able to associate periods of. Of, of good mood and bad mood with events and things that you've chosen to do or life choices nice and and to better understand how you can control your uh, are you familiar with uh, Zimbardo's chronological th um, therapy so Zimbardo so Zimbardo's a guy uh, he's, yeah Zimbardo's the one that right did the Stanford Zimbardo. prison experiment okay and he's advocating uh, the way that you you uh, provide therapy is that you go through and try and make a proper chronological, uh, have a proper chronological uh, understanding of things and events that have arisen, and seeing things instead of seeing things as a collection of negative things that have impacted, remembering all the non-negative things and trying to actually really remember with some accuracy what go, went Positive. on. Positive yeah, rather than yeah, morphing what happened into a horrible fiction of your work. Easy to focus on just the bad Echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, and then you you basically it's it's distorted and it's how you get people that are in those terrible negative cycles and you. Yeah, I've had friends that, that ma yeah managed to get first in their degree and through overthinking made it like a failure yes. or like I didn't mean anything despite the fact that they were the only person in 100 people that got sure. one in, in the reputable they're annoying people university. They? well I, I loved her but <laughs> yeah, um, she, was, <laughs> she was lovely but she sure, like, she, no, just, she had low it. confidence and she just needed to be she just needed that fact stated by another person that you know it's okay you were successful uh -huh. and you don't have to feel bad about it it's okay oh awesome but yeah, awesome. But yeah that's an, I heard him talking about some podcasts that I can't remember. Okay. Maybe Sam Harris. Cool. Or Tim Ferriss. Maybe Tim Ferriss. Oh, he's got good ones. Yeah, he's got he's really good, good ones. Um, grand. Okay.
So Zimbardo's will make a note of that. And we'll probably incorporate that into mm-hmm. version two. But so yeah, carry on, Matt. So we've got happy and sad are the or primary access or fear and lack of fear. fear. Lack of fear here. I so mean, is it, it for debate, really. this currently? We will take a photo of this. So for anyone on YouTube, you will be able to see uh, what I we're drawing. So say say you got a newborn, right? Yeah. Is it really fear and lack of fear? Because surely yeah, they shouldn't. They, they yeah. would. They have a concept of fear. It's still born. Hence, hence. So this is born with innate fears. Surely, aren't they? Well, because if you get so when, so a young young baby, if they feel threatened, they go right, open up, open up, yeah. and just sort of scream at you. Yeah. I don't know. Is that? But then I would have thought isn't that, that statistically, like the falling response, isn't it? Because it, it makes them less likely to damage, like. No, some inbuilt physiological thing that they do like that. A cat. Yeah, yeah in, the first, in the first in the first six, less the first six months, there's loads of um, uh, there's loads of like instinct moves that a baby makes. Like for example, first six months, if you chuck a child in a swimming pool, um, they won't they won't they will hold <laughs> their breath. Ah, that's yeah. it. They'll hold their breath automatically. Whereas after six months, he's been it's... trying this. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the Nevada album yeah. cover? That's where they have that ah, baby yeah. underwater. There. Ah. There we go. Oh, well, Lincoln thinks yeah. Mm. Oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a baby has fear and lack of fear. So here then, surely he's he's got lack of fear. So this is, let's say let's say this is the lifetime of a human being yeah. on this. So here in the first six months, he's pretty happy. He's a little baby he's, until he's about one. He's just well, like, I mean, this is, is fucking it, I mean, cool. Relative, yeah, yeah, it, you, need, you need some kind of like. You need mini fluctuations on this itself. You need some context to compare because how a, ba- feeling... a baby literally goes by hunger. That's right. literally how a baby operates. It's like I'm either hungry or not hungry, mm. or so shitty. Really well, because they have pain. Yeah. They, have, they have a sense of suffering, don't they? That they have to understand as well. I don't know where suffering would. Is, is this comes into fear, sort suffering, of like, or well, this is it. This is why we needs. need the y-axis is very difficult like to needs. incorporate all of this stuff. This is why, like, yeah. fear and lack of fear, or fear and lack of fear, or like, yeah, or in, or need, need something. Needs. You don't need needs. needs. Need, do, oh, you have, do you have needs? Like or do you not have needs? Or not do not have needs? Yeah. Needs fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not bad, is it? Uh, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your needs. Pop it on there. Change. Pop it on there. Yeah. Quite substantially over the course of your life, don't you? Yeah, nice. Being nice. very primal, just hunger. Uh, Agreed. Safety. Oh, and apparently, humans. So the humans basically make you make worse decisions when you're hungry. Um, mm. But it, so, so basically, this was a TED talk, and this guy was talking about why why are poor people poor? Is why do they make bad decisions with money? And it's be, and it's not because they're they don't make bad decisions because they're poor. They make, literally make bad decisions because they haven't got there's not enough cash. As in, they um, when you're living like day to day, they're not looking into the future because they need something now. Yeah. Like, it's that whole thing of you know the instant gratification, the marshmallow experiment, that Japanese yeah. physicist. Um, so he's with like, children. yeah, with yeah. children. Out to be successful yeah, so it's just like, so he was just like, the IQ, IQ is, 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 doesn't have any link to success. It just has a bit linked to like, you know, problem solving and, um, you know, like academic intelligence. Whereas the marshmallow one was, um, will somebody take what's given to them instantly or will they wait a little bit longer and get more than they initially, mm. the delayed gratification. So basically, he then, was it then tracked these kids yeah. for like 30 years or something and the ones that, waited and took two marshmallows after a fixed period of time rather than taking the first marshmallow then were generally more successful wow. like how is that how is that measured though that's how is the success well i yeah, guess yeah, it'd be yeah. like you know gen uh, income mental uh, health, mental health. yeah physical, i mean it was, it was, it was a very strong coefficient yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. there that, yeah. that, that is definitely a, a really good trait to have early on 
Can we introduce the Z-axis right. at this stage? Z-axis, absolutely. Which is related to what we were just talking about, by the way. Productivity. Productivity. Potentially. Okay. Yeah. So, how, so if we could measure sort of emotion over time and then have a Z-axis of productivity, whether that is sort of your productivity in the gym, productivity in, in, in social life, productivity in work life, then you can track and you can sort of get... It's, it's, this is going to be a hard bloody well, we 3D need, graph we need to make software, won't we now? big time we need a lot of data <laughs> to back this up uh, that's what we need but if we could track on the z-axis as well productivity so if you're happy how productive are you and that mm, actually that actually know. gives you a um is it in south korea uh, the, the, or north korea they have the highest most highly educated children but also the highest suicide rate among children yeah they do like they do like sixteen hour days at school. Force them to do that shit. Yeah, that's yeah. so they're un, they're not happy, but they're yeah. really productive. It's the same with, yeah. yeah, and the same agricultural revolution. As well, same ah, yeah. When people had to work, they, they died sooner. They had more chronic uh, issues. Whereas people that are hunter gatherers would would do that for about three hours in a day, and then therefore the rest of the time. I mean, it depends what you call productive because yes, then they exactly. had more time to be How social. So they were pro- yes, I mean they weren't lying around doing nothing. I imagine no, they were talking, they were, yeah. they were expanding, they were exchanging ideas. Yeah, and I guess you can work. You could work for 16 hours a day, but how the, the production, shit, <laughs> the productivity of that drops off, as we found out. Yeah, they yeah. shorten people's hours, they are more productive. Bingo, six hour days, happy days. Yeah. Why not do that? Or four day work weeks. Oh, it's going that way. New Zealand, it they're starting pioneering, there's a few that have done it. And it's, yeah. if, it's, if it works out, eventually the idea has to be stronger than your ideological concept, which is worse than what people are eventually experimenting with. religion, isn't it? In Sweden, the kids the kids go to school when they feel like it, and they sometimes do like they have like four hour days at school, Excellent. and then it turns out that actually when you when you reduce the amount of hours, kids want to go to school more. Yeah, makes complete sense. Is that managed at all? Then? In Sweden, if I was a kid, I think I would. In, yeah, in Sweden, this is like this like kindergarten age, uh, okay. like primary school, oh, right. primary school, yeah. Yeah. and the kids, yeah, they um, they aren't. It, it's it's not quite Steiner, but it did look a little bit Steinery, yeah. but they they're some of the most um. Uh, industrious kids, like they've got really high um, like mental health. Yeah. And the PISA scores. I mean, like Finland's like the one that's normally put forward as being the, the best because they don't learn. They're not officially having to start reading until they're seven. Yeah. And they make the pro, they make pro, enough the same progress that we make in two years of reading, and they make that in six months. Yeah. And just imagine if you're failing for two years compared to whatever, and it, it means that the discrepancy between the worst performing child and the highest performing child is much larger because if you get left behind when you're five, yes, you're you've fucked. got a fucking yeah. long way to catch up. Yeah. Whereas basically they focus on like playing in the playground and interacting with other kids Amazing. and talking rather than um, like, like writing and reading. Yeah. Some really interesting Netflix stuff on intuition and also teaching kids meditation from an early age. or Not, not full on meditation but just focusing on breathing and understanding yeah. our breath. That's all we do when we do it in four-year-olds and, we, and it's for a short period of time and you don't teach the abstract concepts Brilliant, of it because I think some of them the abstract concepts they're already doing fun. they're already doing it as well the oh, mindfulness okay. of yeah, it yeah, yeah. but you it's almost like you unlearn mindfulness I don't know if that's totally uh, true but I feel like being purely in the moment is something that you lose yeah it's like as children aren't organized in a lot of ways and they're not thinking you know 10 minutes ahead they're thinking of what they're doing right at that moment yeah very true yeah so ability to live in the moment could be the third so could the more the mindfulness be the ones that always take the fun marshmallow first Mm. Maybe, but maybe if they're, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. Know. Maybe they know. Maybe they clocked onto the fact that it's a test. And maybe, maybe them, they're, they're aware of their, like, their okay, greed or something as well. That, yeah, that they're yeah. more observant to that. I don't know. 
Whew. I think that'd be interesting to see. I Very have no good. idea. I just don't feel confident in guessing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're all. Uh, we should put a disclaimer out there. We're, none of us are, uh, are qualified, really, in, in 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 terms of sort of neuroscience or um, any sort of emotional. Um, I'm really good at conjecture, though. Oh, I'm just making up opinions. Oh, so. brilliant at it! No, it's my favourite pastime. It's ruminating. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's fine. Yeah. And honestly, if it, so if anyone's listening out there and they want to get involved in the wine curve, do do let me know, uh, and we'll have a chat. Um, but carry on. So we got. I think I've got to do... about as far as uh, I can before flailing around. So to be honest, if, I think... if we want to flail for a bit, we can yeah. introduce a bit of comedy into the podcast. So if we want to talk about um, the butter bump, <laughs> the butter bump. Um, I believe. So if we were to map Buddha on here, he's spiritually enlightened. It'd be some kind of his baseline would be up here. Yeah. So he's more he's, he's more content. That's his baseline so now. He's so flat. now, now he now I he. Say, I wouldn't say it was a great lack of fear. I would say he would always be fearful for oh, his people. But, no, I but lack of no, but lack of need. Buddha wouldn't fe- uh, fear because that's not being equanimous. Agreed. Like fear that's that because fear leads to misery. Listen. So, um, I think that because fear is a reaction and being enlightened is about not reacting. Yes, exactly. Being fully involved. Yeah. Mm, you, yeah. Could, you can have you, you can have you can have fear for a, for a people, but it's compassion over fear. That is, it's purely compassion to drive everything, which is why this is the big argument for why uh, compassion is so much greater than empathy. Because empathy is a Empathy is a skill that can be used for a fraud or a con man, but compassion only leads to positivity and caring thoughts and, you know, ego can you, death and can selflessness. Just, can we distinguish the difference then? I'm going to get another beer if anyone wants one. Compassion and empathy. I'm okay, actually. Sure. So empathy is when you... Drink. I'm all right for now. Oh, right. Uh, uh, empathy is when you understand someone, but it doesn't necessarily mean you care for them. So, um, yeah... I, if I was a fraud, I could understand your motivations and how you work, and I could exploit that. Right. Or if I was a psychopath, not that that's really a term that's used now, but you could use that to exploit people. So you could be a it's kind a skill. of you could be you could be empathetic, but be morally re- yeah. Redundant. People are confused with that, I think, and they just think that it's a value. But empathy is a skill. Compassion is a value. And what I would say is, if the more empathy you have, you might you might be more competent with your compassion, but it's actually not it's not necessary because if I want to help you because you're suffering, me really feeling your suffering doesn't necessarily make me better at helping you. It might actually get in the way. Because mm. if I'm feeling a sense of misery through you, I might not be as productive at actually just helping you. Because, you know, I'm struggling through you, the, your same struggle. So I think people get confused by, by that a lot. And it's maybe to do with virtue signaling. Uh, people think that oh, if I suffer through your suffering, it means that I care more. But actually, what you should care about is their act is making them better and helping them rather than like the cult of suffering which I think empathy can lead you towards okay um, yeah but I still think empathy is a useful skill to have especially if you're if you're a, a teacher empathy is probably one of the primary skills because you need to understand someone mm. and make you need to almost create algorithms of how people's brains work so you can try and figure out Teach how them to the access them yeah yeah okay and teach and one of the hardest things to teach and it's not discussed enough and it surprised me is you get there's something called curse of knowledge 
where once you know something and you've become competent in it, it's really hard for you to remember or to understand what it's like to be completely incompetent and not have any grounding because your knowledge of it is so in depth. It's just obvious to you. Right. It's like when you're trying to teach teach a beginner something and you just take everything for granted and it's really hard to... Which is why it's always really good to continually learn in order to teach because you remember what it's like to be incompetent at something Mm. and need to... And the need for, you know, baby steps potentially to build up and, you know, to see things from different angles and also to be flexible to your learner. Um, and that, that, like, empathising, if something happens to you that you get hurt or something, that's quite that's quite an easy thing for me to empathise with because it's, a, it's an active thing. But empathising with an absence of something requires a really uh, strong abstract um level of empathy it's probably a technical term for that but your unknowing of something me trying to understand that is really to understand a void you know it yourself yeah yeah, i think there needs to be more talking about because especially in the early years if you're teaching children that don't understand what a number is the concept of a number Mm. yeah unlearning you have to unlearn that yourself and try and like place place value tens hundreds and units is something that's so intuitive to us but children look at that and like what they don't they don't get that at all Mm. Uh, but it just seems so obvious to us. Of course, the world can be looked at through math. That's that's the language of the universe. But yeah, it takes some time to develop that. Um, how can we relate this back to the uh, wine? wine? <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> uh, so the Buddha bump. Uh, well, so, oh, oh yeah, I, you didn't explain the Buddha bump. Well, so yeah, like, so, Buddhas so, are flat so mind. This is a bit of comic value to it that we enjoyed okay. in the pub, um, and. Uh, well, if we if we say that this is an enlightened person, they don't experience so much fluctuations. But then this is sort of like a somebody who's, who's maybe taken up some kind of meditation or something. Okay. And and they'll they'll experience a lift mm. uh, from their usual kind of. That looks familiar, they'll still they'll experience. still get the fluctuations, but they'll they'll overall be in a generally a better place. Yeah. And we call this 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 uplift the Buddha bump. Yeah, that's almost dang- that's one of the things that they are they try and get you to avoid. Because, so did you, they, did yeah. they talk about that? In they didn't call it the Buddha bump. That'd be hilarious. Bump, but yeah, yeah. maybe fist bumps on it. <laughs> Buddha bump, yo. Uh, yeah, they talk about uh, there's so you get this you get start getting sensations and um, some of them. You could, I had moments of euphoria which like ended in like tears of like almost like joy. It was it was crazy sort of breakthroughs and I didn't indulge it too much, but. Eventually, you get some of the sensations can be quite pleasurable. So, you do some in Vipassana, you do these body scans, and I did this one. And you go down from the top and try and try and be aware of everything. Yeah, so there's different ones that you can do, and I I have like a three phase thing because that's the kind of nerd I am. Where I'd go through different stages, uh, and one of them, as I got better, they would tell you different ways of doing it. You can do like a body scan if you imagine like. Uh, something like Stargate, you know, like there's things like, <laughs> like that. So I would like scan through my my body, like the depth of it. And I I, I am very skeptical of a lot of this stuff, but it definitely worked. So it's mm. a, you know, being skeptical about placebo, but there's a lot yeah. of stuff that worked. Um, so I would scan through, and eventually I'd do like the scan where I felt like I was going through the whole of my spinal cord from the bottom up. And then as soon as I got to the the part where I, my spine would meet sort of the brainstem or whatever. I would just consistently see a crazy glowing light, like yeah. up ahead and and in front, and I hadn't really done much. I hadn't done any reading on the third eye or you know all that stuff, uh, the pineal gland and all, all that thing. I was sort of was aware of it, but it was only after I experienced that that I was like, oh, that's kind of like what people have described before. 
but it was really joyful and as you're taught it's not to indulge in those sensations because actually you're being aware but then you're not being equanimous like even you're not being even so then you start craving those feelings and then actually you're undermining your practice by doing that right. so i would say the buddha bump i mean it happens to everyone and you have a Something bit of euphoria but you do have to be aware of yes a problem i mean i'd rather be in that buddha bump than down here you know sure. crying yeah but i mean it's they don't they don't really distinguish between the difference between uh, well, they distinguish between craving and aversion and how they're both bad but they don't say that craving is better or worse than aversion so you would create the, the problem is you the reason why this is bad is because you would crave that sensation because it's enjoyable yeah and and then if you crave or you are trying to be aversive to anything it will only lead you to misery because mm. that means in your at any given time you, you're supposed to appreciate things in the moment as it is right. if you're craving something then that you're means not, you're in a situation where you want moment. something that yeah, you yeah. aren't in yeah and i mean i i had i experienced i had that in an experience in experiential level where I was basically screaming inside like a little child, going, I want to stop this, I want to go home. And the back pain was terrible. How and then, many days in was this? There, there were several moments this. I mean, the f first one I had was on day two, and it was like 4.30 in the morning, or like it was a two-hour sit that I had to do. Well, I didn't have to do it, actually, because I'm very flexible. But I was sitting through that, and my posture was terrible, and I'm a very fidgety person. Um, and I just remember like screaming inside my head a little bit. Um, and then I'd, I just kind of got over that. But there was another time, one of the major breakthroughs, which might have been on day seven, is when I was having a t horrible time. And I, I, my body, I felt like I'd shrunk, like my whole mass had turned to jelly and I was literally two inches tall. Like, that sounds ridiculous. I was like, I felt like I was... Taking uh, something. Yeah, it was really odd. I really felt, I felt like my, I couldn't breathe. I felt like my tires were deflating. It was. I genuinely felt two inches tall and like a puddle and I was panicking through the meditation and I got through that um, and then after that I was just it really I really understood how that misery was my own doing I had I had created that and yeah you you can you can get through that because you're trying to avoid something I was trying to avoid the meditation I didn't want to do it I wanted to escape it and yeah. if you focus on wanting to escape it it's what makes you miserable it's not yeah. sitting there still and actually, you can, once you do this, the wanting for something else. Yeah, you can't get. Yeah, you can't get. I I, find, I don't get bored now. No. But because every moment is just sensation. So if if you only get bored if you're craving something or you're trying to avoid something. So actually, I like it's really nice traveling. I've I've over the past week, I think I've probably spent like over 24 hours on trains or Excellent. cars, and none of them have been painful. As before, I'd be I'd have headphones in the whole yeah. time. Oh, you, you don't know. even listen to music or anything. Uh, I haven't been. Far. I did it because I was. I realised I had basically yeah, inoculated myself from the world, Oof. and it's lovely. And I mean, I, I was so I got so bad that, uh, relatively bad for me. I was cycling with two headphones in, and I was ne before I was like, no, I never do that. Then I did one in headphone. I was like, oh, this is this nice. Is and cool. all of a sudden, I've got a score for my life. I'm cycling. <laughs> I'm listening to electronic music. It's amazing. It's the same with skiing for me. I used to do that does, skiing. It is good. It feels like you're in a French film and everything's scored. Couple of strongs. Yeah, I always snowboard with It's so good. Like, I feel like that's different though because you, yeah. you don't have to be aware of traffic so much. You do. Whereas, yeah. If you're if you're off piste, you're probably right. Okay. Yeah, if you're on piste, always like putting it in before like a mogul run, and then you can just really like it's like really gets you in the kind of mood for. What's your mogul music? What did I? I was listening to Nicodemus last on holiday. Last time on holiday, which is. 
Nicodemus. Kind of funky. Heavy, heavy EDM when I do mine. Oh, really? And maybe, oh, yeah. and maybe a bit of jazz. Well, that's that's such, a such, a, such a paradox, <laughs> right? It's such a, like, yeah. And a just, bit of jazz through yeah. <laughs> Just for those mellow oh, runs. Ja- jazz and, like, upbeat folk music. Hilarious. Okay. Yeah. For skiing. Yeah. Or snowboarding. For skiing. Do you exercise folk music? music? Uh, I don't really exercise. Okay. So. Well, you cycle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I cy- yeah, I've had he- I have headphones and I cycle as well. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, cycling is yeah, just just I means to an end to get to work. No, fair. That's play, kind of play sports. I don't I don't go I don't really go anywhere to specifically exercise. Just yeah, okay. I do it do it in a game. Yeah. It's my Otherwise, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Gamification. Gamify it. If it's fun, you're more likely to continue it. Yeah, definitely. Use it a lot at work. Okay. Yeah. I get addicted to that though. That can be a problem as well. Because you make you 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 make everything fun, which is a nice it's a nice carrot. But eventually, it's not. It's not equanimous. Exactly. Yeah. But if if everyone was equanimous, it would be boring as fuck. Oh, well, I actually, go, I don't think it would be. It'd be interesting as hell. It would, uh, or it'd be just the best world ever. Maybe because I felt really on day eight, I went really flat. Yeah. And because I, I forgot that actually being a economist isn't about not being happy. That yeah. you, the whole thing yeah, yeah, is yeah, about yeah. being happy at the same sure. time. Yeah. Maybe it would be more boring. Maybe there would be less creativity. I think may, maybe there's a link mm, between people that are manic and their creativity. Yes. Oh. Right, so where do we get to on the wine curve? Just obviously, we're I was away for a little we're, bit. We were discussing the Buddha bump. We've, we've we've done that. Yep. So now it's uh, open field, really. God bless you. Oh, you've got <laughs> <laughs> cheeky scampi <laughs> when you're Thank you very much. Have you got any uh, ketchup at all? Uh, yeah, I've got ketchup. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Just nip. That's a good looking chip. Aren't they? Six quid. Six quid for a little bit. Uh, it's quite a lot, actually. Um, yeah, for all of it. Scampi is expensive. Talking, mate. Okay. Do, I keep... do you want to do some squats? Like, I'll just like lie as a plank. Cause you... I ought to Cause I actually. I haven't done squats for a week. At the moment, so yeah, you'll need yeah. to. Got to make them gains somehow, don't I? Can you can you pistol squat on both legs all the way? Oh, hell yeah. What's a pistol squat? It's a squat with one leg, but you've got to go all the can way you? down. I can't really do it that well. But it's I mostly can, about. I can show you the premise. Yeah. It's mostly actually Whoa, not. Not not bad. That's good. Not on the left side. Yeah. It's more about your balance than strength actually. Yeah. Like it's about not falling over. Very good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bit, yeah. Left leg. Left leg to twitch yeah, some, some people do it with weights, dumbbells extended. Yeah. I can't do that. I, can, I, can, I think I can do it on my left, but I, since I broke my right leg, I can't. Um, yeah, can't that sucks. Balance combined with like strength activities is really good, isn't it? Cause yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's strength, yeah, perspective yeah. because it's yeah. like a, it's, it's, it's like, what you actually needed. Yeah, if you do, do, yeah. do rings, do dips on rings. It's so oh, yeah. it's it's so humbling. Keeping, yeah. like, get someone that's strong to do it, yeah. and then then do a few. Just and then be like, oh, that's not too hard. And then as soon as they do it, they look like Bambi. Yeah. It's amazing uh, how it sorts you out. World's <laughs> world's smallest salt. <laughs> Hang it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Quick learner. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> so I think okay. So the premise, the the premise is, as we all know, very simple for this. Um, thank you. So is this an analytical tool that you would use to? Yeah, so this is what we need to, to describe. Now we need to understand what the hell we can use this shit for. Well, we were saying that it would be useful for to, to people to understand, to help themselves emotions. understand and manage their emotions better. So what I was thinking last yeah. night was this could be a good early educations tool for kids. 
So you can gamify, essentially, emotional intelligence, potentially. Mm. They are definitely interested in that. If you talk about when I would introduce it, especially towards the end of the year, and they were sort of on board with the sure. mindfulness and doing a bit of meditation, I would talk about how it's important that they learn to control their brains. And I give examples of times when they can't, they're not controlling their brains, thank you, and how they're re just reacting. And it was in I would ask them a sort of leading questions, but do, do you want to control yourself? And, be, and they, I think they understood the idea that there were times when they were loosely reacting and other times when because because you know yeah. after an incident's happened and you talk to them quite often they see more sense than they did and they're not constantly repeating but yeah. he did this but he did well some yeah. of them do but so a caveat to this so yeah. just explain your job just people out there who don't understand oh, yeah so i mean i've, I've worked in uh, schools as a teaching assistant or in special education needs or in, in form of charity uh for quite quite a few years amongst other weird jobs I've done and then I'm about to do a PhD in early years as well as working for Bristol Men in Early Years Network where cool, man. we're mostly talking about how we gender sex but also about the lack of representation of men in early years um, but also early years harmful what, stereotypes. What, what, what year? It's technically zero to seven but the, like the really in terms of men working there is it's mostly interesting zero to four in nurseries where it, it's a lot of it's nurturing okay and there's very small male representation and that's where all the stigmas happen whereas i've never actually a lot of the things that i hear people talk about in the network i've never suffered okay uh, so in schools i think you get uh, give you you're let off especially if you're you know, typically masculine or typically male, I think you get an easy ride. I think if you're a bit effeminate, there's definitely an association where people start seeing that. Ah. Uh, it's quite horrible, really, actually. It is quite horrible. But yeah, as soon yeah, see if, uh, if you're effeminate, then there's associations that they reason. jump to. Yeah. yeah, they see it as a deviant thing, and you know, society has always had a an eye towards hom homosexuality as being yeah. a horrible thing. Our society, yeah, 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 evil, yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, so yeah, that's my background. Have you got a so, podcast? Uh, yeah, we do have a podcast. We uh, get a range of people. Said uh, Angela Rippin, not Gina Rippin, as I always call her. Uh, she's a neuroscientist, and she talks about how there's no difference between male and female brains. Uh, no difference. No difference. Like it's negligible, and the difference that comes up is through culture. Taught as like a fact now, isn't it? That there is a difference. Has been. Yeah, because well, I think I think it might be new. George was talking to about this, but um, there there are differences. Because we make differences, and then people aren't looking mm. at, like they're they're saying that that's innate, but they're saying it's innate after loads of social conditioning. So so instead of going okay, so what's the difference with babies' brains when they're first born? It's like I think at, at the ba at, get, being charitable, the difference is negligible, and then we just we condition on top of that and create whatever differences. And I still don't think actually if you there's a bit slightly there's a different size there's a size difference between male and female brains and men do have slightly larger brains which i think led to that victorian idea that sort of eugenic type thing where was it phonology phonology i think okay. where yeah like men must be smarter because we have heavier brains empirically they are yeah greater bread yeah interesting and lots of dark shit there. yeah there's a lot mate it's yeah. quite interesting but just a state of view quite clearly we uh we're not could, 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 uh, i was going to try and take uh, that in this direction yeah <laughs> no. no interesting i'll see yeah. you back at the mr campsite. brexit <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant um so yeah no, I, I don't know what's so what's your thoughts on using this as a potential sort of a gamification if you can get it correct just to teach sort of younger yeah. kids about okay there's your baseline of emotion 
you are going to go through fluctuations of, of feeling happy and feeling sad, but ultimately your baseline is, is neither. Well, the alternative is that you have to explain it through language, and considering that for the, their language uh, capacity is whatever that is, yeah. and it's massively uh, differing, especially in the, certain these schools. Guys, oh, um, but so, yeah, anything that you can do to... Vi if you want to lead someone towards mastery, you want to teach them in as many different ways as possible. And so backing up what you're saying with this graph, it's just, it might work with some children, it might not, but... That's fine. Uh, the, That's cool. Yeah, well, the point is, to yeah. A few. And I mean, adults are only fucked up children, so... Bingo. Everything, that works, mean, everything that works with children works with adults. It's got to scale it up or yeah. teach them. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you don't have to scale it up. <laughs> Yeah, like true. Children, there are adults that flounder as much as four-year-olds. So true, man. And often the children that are the worst have the ch parents that are struggling the most. So fascinating. Yeah. This is good. So mm. now I think if we go on to a name for this thing. Yeah, it's just. So you came up with a couple of ideas, last night. Levity. Um, what's well, the wine? What's the wine thing from? Yeah. So Let's the wine. The wine the, the, again, it was, started off as a was, bit of a like. Oh, this would be fun. It's just conceived in your living room, wasn't it? it After was, a few yeah. beers, um, watching the footy. We're talking about this emotional thing, and then we, thought, we oh, came up with wine, but it is very much confusing because people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wine is yeah. in whiny, not, kind of like, not like alcohol. That's definitely not good PR. It's not, it's not. Not good so, it's, Yeah, it's, if, if you want to make a comedy sketch show, that's a great yeah. idea. So, so, a few ideas, some of which have already been taken. You know, curve. Yeah, C U R V. <laughs> but I think uh, that's. I mean, K, K U R V E? Curve. But it needs to be more deep and meaningful than. Curve. It oh, seems a bit gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like sketches. Oh, yeah, it's a bit gimmicky. It's I've a got bit... a pair though. Right, I'm not that in, into the brand. Yeah. So what is it you're doing? It's reflective practice, isn't it? So you're being reflective. Yeah. It's, it's truth as well. It's very honest. You need to be honest when you when it comes to. You're design. observing. Yeah. It feels to me basically like you're map you're mapping mindfulness. Yes, that's oh, that's a nice way. Yeah, you need to make it snappy. Yeah. Anyway. Mind map. Probably already been yeah, done. Brainstorm. Oh, controversial. controversial that. What are you supposed to say? Spider diagram or something now? Cloud. No, thought shower. That sounds too ridiculous. It's a bit much, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just come on, yeah. safe, bro. Why? So what's wrong with brainstorm? Uh, it's people are having epileptic fits or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they experience. What about reflect? With a K. Ooh. <laughs> that's I'm all, edgy. I'm all for just like yeah, uh, unorthodox spellings. That's what. Yeah, it, yeah. it kind of looks uh, like it could be communist or something with a K or something or like German, Eastern European. Oh, yeah, it does. It sounds like a good fucking techno band. <laughs> Reflectic. What about this? Oh, you're getting the oh, right Jesus. typology on here as well. So no one can actually read it and it never <laughs> goes anywhere. Like, How do I say this? Oh, Replicalect. Yeah, that sounds like little, mate. <laughs> no one knows what it means. But, or uh, we could just have a nonsensical one. Then You could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Middle. It's hard, isn't it, making a name? Yeah. Maybe yeah. we're overthinking it. It's a lot of pressure it, on the it. The curve. Just the curve in plain English. Then they go, oh, what's the curve? Well, Bender. With an R. Moody. moody. <laughs> like Grinder. Moody. Bend yeah. again. Put it backwards. Again. Put the R backwards. Yeah. It's Bend. not that accessible to some people. Oh shit. That's yeah, all I'm saying. I did cycle past someone <laughs> called, uh, called Benderlock. Benderlock? Yeah. Benderlock. Okay. Yeah. That was quite Where is he from? Oh no, it's a place. Oh okay. Oh, it's a person called Benderlock. <laughs> Benderlock. It's a whole lake called Bender. Benderlock. Oh okay. Well, it's a funny one, a, yeah. Interestingly, they labelled a, a robot. 
Bender, though, isn't it, in Futurama? I know, because he ends game. I think it's also called Bender. I think I was... I feel like that was deliberate. I do. Or that was just like, yeah. I feel like Matt Groening at his finest. Just being like, oh, I can actually take the piss here a little bit. Call him Bender. He's Ben's Groening. He's the manliest man alive. But it's called Bender. See the... um, When Friends came out on Netflix, loads of millennials were like, oh my God, this is so... Ridiculous. um, Homophobic, sexist. Friends. Absolute bastards. Shut up. This is done in the 90s. It was fine in the 90s. Jeez, Don't read any you Shakespeare. There. You'll be crying. Exactly. Exactly. You've right. got contextualised all this stuff, haven't you? you? Have to oh, was it people that didn't weren't aware of Friends before and they're mm. like, oh, what's mm. this? I thought you should hate yeah. your parents uh, as well. Exactly. Your parents would be the most fucked Idiots. up people most of the time. Unless they're like uber yeah. pro, uh, progressive or something. It's like, you, it's like your grandparents, you know? You're like, yeah. oh, you can't oh. have those views. Sorry. One of my friends do. But they yeah. do. They're, they're old and they're like, yeah. oh, this is me. The shouting at them is not the way to go. It's a little bit of, yeah. Well, the thesis has to be like given morality yeah. throughout the ages. So, is are your morals? Uh, can you judge historic morals on today's that, shit. Oh, in today's times? That was campy. Yeah. How much yeah. is it? Context. I have to get over the ten pound limit. Yeah, uh, and surely, surely somewhat oh, no, uh, relevant. Regardless, <laughs> we've got a lemonade as well. I looked you went in for a pint. Conformity and just survival Two conversations on one podcast has got to sound good. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, right. Someone's talking about, we're yeah, talking sorry, about morality, sorry, you're yeah, talking about yeah. ketchup, I think. Yeah. <laughs> What's so the morality sorry. of ketchup? Should we go? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, what is the morality of ketchup? Tomato murderer over here. Sure, he's got some interesting views. Yeah, just come back from the Tomatina. Disgusting. Isn't it? Yeah. That's what they'll say in 50 years. They'll listen back to this and go, you horrible bastard. Well, I was surprised I when I heard that there, there are peasants outside begging for the tomatoes to be thrown at them so they could eat, but you guys ignored them and just Bullshit, like your right? So we've made that up now. And, uh, and now that's I, I heard it on the podcast. It's fine. Bullshit. <laughs> so I, I didn't see any of these. There are a lot of, to be fair, there's a lot of, obviously, North Africans who are trying to sell their wares. Um, but that's Spain for you. I didn't mean to try and drag this this way. I was just trying to make you. No, no, feel, no, feel no I, I understood that. But I thought I'd go toe to toe with you on this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you like that one. <laughs> you made your bed in a line. At yeah, exactly. Oh, we want to go around, do we? Go, <laughs> Fresh and confident this, from your victory in the cake shot, where you got, you got a confession from the woman. That was a great confession. I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> cake, George discovered that. Yeah, he discovered it. And you were like, oh, so where do you, uh, who makes these cakes? <laughs> it's like straight in there. What the flowers? Fair no, play to her. She was forthcoming in her honesty. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. she could have quite easily been like, oh, been slaving away. Yeah, yeah. She didn't, did she? I was like, what the flowers? No one knows what the fucking flowers are. I don't like, what's on the top of it? She just described what we obviously, there's not, well, it's actually pistachios, but anyway. And then, yeah, it's a flower on there. Still a nut, though. That's what that is. She's not wrong. Sorry, just for context, if you're listening in on this one. We had a cake, didn't we, at the cafe? Just down the, where are we? Manorbia. Mm-hmm. Manorbia. I'll go for that. Manorbia. That sounds like somewhere in Manorbia. Spain where you go to the party. Tembi. Close to Tembi, isn't it? Okay. Well, yeah, we're easy in to say. For Westerville. Oh, is, is, is Tembi a district, is it? It's a region. Okay. Oh, oh excellent. Yeah, oh, right. You, a... Well, the address, the address has Tembi in it. Oh, okay. okay. Grand. So a lot of Welsh people who were annoyed are now alleviated, so I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> if you are listening in and you are Welsh, uh, we have corrected that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so anyway, we're in Tembi, Manorbia um, in Tembi. Uh, went to a cafe, didn't we? Had some nice breakfast. What was the cafe called? I forget. It's always good to plug these little places. Oh, the, it's like the only the cafe, cafe here, so. the cafe. in Manorbia. Yeah, Which isn't the castle cafe. beach hut, surfing yeah. shack thing. It is. Oh, it was yeah, a surfing one, wasn't it? Lovely service. Five stars on mm, Google. Very friendly. That's what so I would think. you give them 10 out of 10? Yeah, I felt nice. 
you're a very giving man. Yeah, I, I basically ten out of ten. Unless it's something's it's particularly bad. I, no, but it was cheap enough. Oh, it, it, like, it was nine yeah. out of ten. It was a fantastic place. So what, did, what, was it, what was it missing to get that ten ten? Uh, a homemade. <laughs> <laughs> a homemade avocado cake. That's what it was missing. I mean, she's um, right. Gluten, gluten, and dairy free cake. Yeah, that's, that's a bit not. of an artist. Oh, of course it is. That's how you get your 10 out of 10. You've got to really work at this shit. <laughs> but very good. 9 out of 10. Get yourself down there. Yeah, that's definitely worth going to. Wow. Um, um, we are deviated massively. Yeah. Back onto the name of the thing. So, so we've got Bender, Curve, Curve with a K, Reflect with a PH and a K. All of those ideas are terrible. They are. Um, yeah, let's skip on for now. How about the Moody diagram? The Moody diagram? I feel um, I think an engineer the down the line is going to get a bit pissed off with, with that bastardisation. <laughs> On. What's, what's the MIDI? What's the MIDI? It's using fluids calculations, isn't it? Of course it is. Fuck, I should know that. Jesus. Five years of that shit. Easy to forget that. Yeah, it is. Very um, easy. It's in and out. The needy uh, gram. The needy gram. Yeah. It's got to be something that people uh, like want to. If it sounds yeah. like it's something you're doing. Right? Yeah. Because like, otherwise it suffers from the same thing that wine does. Like. Yeah, it's yeah. negative. Like Instagram. Instagram's quite a cool name. It's like Insta. And it's Emogram. Also gram. Emogram. Emogram. No, because again, that plays on negativity on the email. Yeah, emo short for emotion or emotion gram. Yeah, emotion line. All I'm, all I'm hearing is emo. Yeah. That's all I'm yeah. hearing, really. Right. I'm not Line shin. Go on. Emo, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws here. No, no, it's, it's a tricky one. Line. It's line. Uh, can we use graph instead, like reflection graph or something like that? Yeah. Um, or map. Potentially works as your map's good because it allows you to go more directions. Do we say mind map is a thing that mindful map? I think the mind map has short because two they're both one syllable. Should we see if mind map? Mind map for now. I think we will bank mind map. Bank it. It's safe and it's it's also alliteration. I love alliteration. I love it. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. We can we can get the right typology on that. Yeah. People probably buy into it. Yeah. Mind map. I like that. Okay. So uh, instantly, great input from both of you. So I appreciate that. Oh, we've got a symbol there. Yeah, well no, done. I'm, I'm the symbol guy. So. Interlacing. It looks like yeah. mountains. We can make yeah, it like mountains and symbol. Oh, that's good. That's our adventure as well. Boobs. Yeah, Madonna Very, boobs. Make that clear then. Oh yeah, like sunbathing. Nice. Yeah, that's, yeah. Excellent. Uh, I mean, so should we should we pause should we it there? Should include it there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Excellent work, guys. We came up with a name, uh, and hopefully you got a, a sense of of what we're trying to get at with this one. Um, so this will develop. Uh, we'll just keep have, keep the conversation going on this one. Sure. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do. But again, yeah. if you are interested in that discussion, do write in, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get you on. Particularly, you know, scientists and that. Very much so. But yeah, but anyone. anyone. Yeah, anyone. Everyone's got equal input on this yeah, one. But absolutely. yeah, if you are a data scientist and you can mock this up, it probably would be more <laughs> profitable to us in the in the short term. Yeah. But yeah, anyone, anyone. anyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's nothing to that. We'll still be involved. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> on the top. You can be prejudiced. <laughs> you will, yeah, so be involved. Uh, anyway, um, that'll do us for now. Thank you, and goodbye for now. Banquet Bear Productions. Cheap and chill.